Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Gimme Shelter. Enjoy the episode. If I don't get some shelter, ooh, I'm gonna fade away. What children? It's just a shadow away. It's just a shadow away. Oh, children. It's just a shadow away. It's just a shadow away. Give me shelter. Oh, yeah. Thank you, covering, ladies and gentlemen, um, for joining our. Yeah, thank you for joining us for the our coverage on the 1975 motion picture, <laughs> Gimme Shelter. Um, oh. Chronicling the Rolling Stones Wait incredible concert. Jeff. Jeff. Yes? We're not covering that. What do you mean? Of course we're, we are. We're covering the 2013 movie, Gimme Shelter, starring Vanessa Hudgens. Who? Vanessa No, Hudgens. this is starring Mick Jagger. <laughs> no, Jeff. This is starring Vanessa Hudgens. No. The, uh, yes. Keith- uh, Keith yes. Richards. No. Charlie Watts. No. Do you need to? Do you need to? Do we need to pause and you can watch the real movie? Oh, oh boy. Okay. Let's put a pause. Yeah. And watch the real movie. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> after that, you know, <laughs> made some mistakes in my life. <laughs> um. Oh uh, yeah, we're God. here covering the 2013 Ronald Krauss motion picture, Gimme Shelter. Yeah. Starring Vanessa Hudgens and Brendan Fraser, the subject of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, so you heard that right. Vanessa Hudgens is in this movie. Yeah. This is the um, the Vanessa Hudgens, like, I'm a serious actor now movie. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is, like, if you track her time from, like, High School Musical 3 in 2008 yeah, to, like, where she goes, you don't have to travel that far to find, um, like, her initial attempts to break out of the Disney mold. Yeah, because she appears, basically, like, she finishes up her Disney run with um, High School Musical 3. Yeah. That's 2008. And then immediately after that, she kind of does, you know, she does Journey to the Mysterious Island, which is, you know, kid adjacent. Um, And then she appears in, like, you know, Sucker Punch and Machete Kills, which are adult movies, but they're still, like, kind of goofy adult movies. Like, part of the gimmick is, like, Vanessa Hudgens is in the funny, like, grown-up comedy. Well, I would even say, like, you know, her doing Rent is, like, a right-away, like, a breakaway of that. Because mm-hmm. I think she plays um, the role of Mimi yeah. in, that, in that movie. I mean, the the real breakaway for her is Spring Breakers. Yes. Um, yes. Which, lest we forget, stars James Franco as Alien. Um, Alien, right. Yes. Um, but no, she's one and of... And Selena Gomez. Yes, and Selena Gomez. Like, that, the appeal of that movie... I, I don't want to say the appeal of that movie, but, like, the gimmick of that movie, which is a very good movie, um, is that it's, like, you know, former Disney Channel stars as the Spring Breakers. Yeah. Um... But she's still, like, you know, the fourth... She's one of the four, like, girlfriends in that movie. Yeah. She's not, you know, the lead. This is the first, like, I'm a real movie actor in a real important movie role for, mm-hmm. for Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. 
Um, and it's directed by. Did you have anything else to say about Vanessa Hudgens at this point? We'll um, come back to her. I'm sure. Not but. really. I think we kind of said it that that you know she's she's making a very strong attempt to break out of the Disney mold yes. right away. Um, but this movie's directed by Ronald Krauss. Yeah. Um, who was the inception of this movie? Um, he is a director. Um, <laughs> oh, great! That's what he is. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, and prior to this, he'd basically only done, like, documentaries. Mm, sounds like it. Seems like it. I uh, he did a lot movie. of documentaries. He directed a movie in 2003 called Alien Hunter. <laughs> ah, okay. Starring James Spader. I thought you were about to say James Franco, no, Alien it's, Hunter. It's like, it's, like, literally, like, a movie about an alien comes to Earth and James Spader has to hunt it down. Uh, so not really, like, a lot of narrative film experience with this guy. Which, you know, you don't want to necessarily hold against a person. Yeah. Um, but he does, like, he mostly has just done documentaries. And then he produced the television series Chicken Soup for the Soul based on the uh, popular book. Yeah. Uh, but this is his first, like, feature length, entirely conceived by him, feature narrative film. And it really feels like it. Yeah, it does. And it's no accident that if you look up his name on IMDb and look at his director's list, that it is the most recent film yeah, he has ever directed. It's the last thing he did. And if you're going to tell me, well, he's got four movies in, you know, two movies in production, two in development, uh, I'll believe it when I see a release yeah. date. <laughs> um, uh, this movie comes out of him, um, kind of, you know, out of his documentary work. Uh, he kind of starts thinking of a documentary about this um, shelter for yeah. pregnant teens yeah. in New York or New Jersey, called the Several Sources Shelter, um, led by this woman named Kathy. And so he spends, like, essentially a year kind of documenting the comings and goings of the shelter yeah, and the girls who were there. And rather than turn this, you know, research he did into a documentary, he starts leaning towards this being a narrative feature. Yeah. Um, which... You know, I don't know the exact reason why he made this decision, but I would imagine it's something like this is a powerful story. That it should be a a drama. That should be something that people will see. Yeah. Um, Not just like come out on DVD somewhere. Yeah. And I think this is kind of a major flaw in the movie. Because this like, if this what like, this kind of feels, I don't want to say cheap in a way. But, like, you're taking this story that you essentially made as a documentary. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just going to get actors to do it instead. Right. And, you know, there's some merit to it. Like, I'm sure, you know, this movie's made with the best intentions. I don't want to shit on the reasons that this movie is made. It's made with the best intentions. Yeah. To bring to light, you know, this issue of teen pregnancy and more additionally, like, highlight the good work of people who are, you know, Sheltering these girls and but you know it'd be finding great, a community for them. You know it'd be a great way to like highlight that and feature that by showcasing the real people who do that. Yes, uh, um, this seems, and I I totally agree with what you're saying. This this feels like a very uh, sort of a cheap ploy tactic yeah. of like you know I don't know. Uh, it just sounds like to me it's like you know there would have been a lot more work for them to do to try to interview yeah. the people themselves. And to go off of the story, do some digging on research, rather than they can just, well, we'll just make a shelter up yeah. that's sort of kind of like this shelter, and we'll make up this character who's kind of like this person. But because this this whole movie just essentially, it 
kind of feels like a documentary in a sense. Yeah, documentary narrative yeah, in a weird way. Because there's a lot of good performances in this movie. Yeah. But the problem is the characters they're playing are paper thin. Very. And all the writing is just like the most cliche-ridden versions of this. Yeah. And maybe that is how it really happened, but then make it a documentary. I could have swore when I saw like Vanessa Hudgens getting ready to like leave that apartment with Rosario Dawson, it was gonna be like a five hundred twenty five thousand. I was totally thinking it was like this is gonna be like this is so cheesy, it's gonna be like a musical. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like a teenage pregnancy musical yeah. thing. It w- had all that cheese and all that camp. Yeah. But it, but then it posts the whole facade of making yeah. itself be very serious. And that's why it's kind of a hard movie to talk to like talk about because um thank you. Uh Siri. It's my watch. Because you know, you're like, yeah, like the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis of, of the reviews of this movie is in spite of its obvious good intentions and the compelling true story that inspired it, the heavy handed gimme shelter can't overcome its cliche written script. Yeah. Which can't believe I'm saying it. To give credit to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Pretty apt description. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you you watch the movie and you're like, this is nice. Brendan Fraser apparently donated his entire salary to this movie to a shelter. Yeah, same with James Earl Jones, I believe. Which is lovely. They seem like real stand-up people. And I'm, you know, Fraser in this movie, we'll talk about shortly, but <coughs> kind of like him in this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's... He's, uh, it's felt weird for me to say, but in a good way, I almost forgot he was in this movie. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that sounds kind of weird, but hear me out on it. It's like Fraser only, like, I feel like there was just the right amount of Fraser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't over Fraser this movie. And I, and I, and I appreciated that a lot because Last week, you guys heard our episode on on um, um, uh, 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 the worst movie I've ever. Breakout, seen. breakout. Right? Wasn't this uh, hairbrained this week? No, or last week was breakout. Oh, okay. Week before that was pawn shop. I guess yes. pawn shop's a great example of this. Like as we talked about in pawn shop, it's like there's way too much Fraser in that one. Yeah. Too. They over Fraser it. Yes. There was there there was a there's a version of that movie where there's just enough Fraser to like be like. Oh my God! They got yeah. Fraser to be an Elvis impersonator, but there's a little too much of him. But in there's it. a little too much of him yeah. in that. There's mo- like the right amount of. This him is in the this. right amount of Fraser, who plays like the Wall Street dad who had a kid out of wedlock, like before he met his yeah. current wife. That you know, he's sort of like not begrudgingly, but is sort of like put in a tough position where he kind of feels compelled to help out yeah. his kid. And on occasion, like his sort of guilt brings him back on a couple times, mm-hmm. but we don't like ham it up. Yeah. Like I think the scene where in give me shelter, when Rosario Dawson comes to the shelter and like smacks her in the face. And then, um, whatever that lady was who like yeah. is in charge of it. She gestures her to leave. And then Fraser shows up and it, and you could say like, that's so fucking corny and campy. That's like kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but it was in term and it is, but there's, j- but I like how like, he shows up just to be told to like leave, leave, yeah. and he leave. plays it well. And this he plays it very the well. The first instance of I completely forgot to open my notebook. Uh, 
pulling pulling on those out, folks. This is the first instance of like the soulful Frazier. Yeah. Who is gonna have a rebound in ten years. Right. Um because this this is kind of like the ideal role I like seeing him in at this stage in his career. Yeah. Is that he's a small character actor bit. Yeah. Um with a lot of soul to him. A whole lot of soul. Yeah, whole uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he's got a whole lot of soul. Um because this is kind of the same playbook he's gonna use in the whale. Yeah. Like it's very similar vibes character wise. Yeah. Uh and so you you know, you get a a good sampling of that here, and you're like, oh, I can see where the why this guy's gonna have a comeback in ten years. Yeah, he is kind of shifting away from having a lot of soul in like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. He's like getting away from being like lovable in a goofy way, and getting into being lovable in like a soulful, like genuine way. Genuine, like you feel bad for this guy and you love him. Yeah, kind of way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked this guy because, like, even though he sort of put himself in this position, that he still kind of, like, is like, all right, like, I'm still going to do the right thing and, like, yeah. help out. I, I think that's that's where, like, my admiration of the character comes into play is that even though, like, it the move, if the movie wanted to be corny and cheesy yeah. um, or if Brendan Fraser wanted to play this role of corny and cheesy, he could have played this as, like, the disgruntled, rich biological dad who doesn't want anything to do with this person yeah and because it's kind of there in the script he could he could he could have played it off that way but he doesn't he plays it off as like a sort of uh like you know his daughter's here and he's kind of have to face up to you know his mm. own past demons and sort of you know adjust to it correct to it figure it out yeah figure it out and that's how he 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 performs it that way Whereas it, with the same script but a different actor, it could have easily been performed of like, oh, you again. Like mm. it could have easily been performed in kind of that sort of way. Yeah. But Fraser doesn't take it that direction. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and so I'm I'm glad he's in this movie in his like kind of disastrous year that he's had. In perfect timing, a, a, a dump truck just pulled up next to your yes. building. Yes. Uh, it'll collect the garbage. We'll probably hear some fun noises uh, soon. Uh, speaking of garbage, <laughs> no, hey, no. that was um, great. That I, was I great. really don't want to shit on this movie. Um, it's not a great it's not, movie. It's, it's not, not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It was made with good intentions. Um, this, Jeff, and you know the path. What they say about the path to hell. <laughs> this is somebody else's ladder forty nine. Ladder forty nine. Think oh, about it. A movie made with good intentions. Yeah, but kind of paper thin, made for yeah. TV sort of movie. But well, somebody out there really connects to this movie. The, and di- the difference th- is, Ladder Forty Nine is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Ladder Forty Nine is kind of like trying to be a crowd pleaser. This is not trying to be a crowd pleaser. No, this is trying not. to be like, this is the shit that's happening. We need to talk about this. Yeah, which is admirable. <laughs> Dump truck. <laughs> yeah. This oh my god! This massive is garbage. Fucking truck. great. On cue. Sorry. This dumb truck of a movie. We're, gonna, we're, we're talking through it. Yeah. We're, we're not. We're not gonna. We're stop. not gonna stop. I uh, no. hope you folks are enjoying this. Yeah. Um. Do you want to just kind of get into the movie? Yeah. I don't uh, think it's gonna take us long to go through this plot. Let's empty out the bins of these. This yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's. When we start the movie, we're introduced to Apple. Let's Play. try to trash compact this yeah, little plot. Compact okay. this up. <laughs> Played by Vanessa Hudgens. 
Yes. Uh, who's living with her abusive mother, played Ros- by Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. I want to talk about Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Rosario Not Dawson? Not in this movie right away, but I want to talk about her career. Oh. Because Rosario Dawson has kind of been like one of the more unfortunate actors in Hollywood. Yeah? Uh, until recently. But like, let's run about what Rosario Dawson has done. Before this movie. Okay. Everyone says she's really nice and everyone likes her. Just like she's a nice person. Yeah, and like she's a good actress and she's a nice person. But let me look at her like big movies prior to 2013. Yeah. It's like she's in Men in Black 2, the one no one likes. I uh, like she's. I kind of like Men in Black 2. It's not great, <laughs> but it's, it's all right. But everyone else dislikes it. She kind of gets like occasional smaller roles or supporting roles in some successful movies like 25th hour mm-hmm. um death proof you know clerks 2 but like sin city but none of these movies are like really making rosario dawson a big star right she's like kind of just a working actor who's never gets like the big movie out and I everyone's think, just like i think rent did some first things for her because it's like it's a highlighted movie in her career rent yeah rent Rent did good for her. Rent's like her biggest thing in that run. But it's consistently like movies like Seven Pounds, Eagle Eye, She's an Alexander, Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, She voices Wonder Woman in an animated movie. She's in Percy Jackson, The Olympians, Sin City 2. Like none of these things are really Rosario Dawson based successes. Right, yeah. She just happens to be in them. Yeah. Um, and then 2013, she gets like her big, biggest, you know, I don't want to say her biggest role yet. Cause she's been in bigger movies, but she's in like the daredevil show as Claire Temple. And she's like the Nick Fury of the, the Netflix Marvel shows in 2013, 2015. She's in 2015. daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, iron fist and the defenders. Um, yeah, but even in those shows, she's like kind of not a character right no she's the night nurse or whatever. yeah she's the night nurse um and she really doesn't kind of get a major like leading leading role until like two years ago and she plays ahsoka an animated character turned to life in the star wars shows yeah and that's kind of like she's been in a lot of stuff and she's been good in a lot of stuff but it's never quite popped for her right well, that uh, makes sense. I, I I would agree to that. I mean, she, her, she her, is like she's almost kind of like the William H Macy. Yeah, we're like William H Macy just comes in for like a supporting role and then he's out. But William H Macy has had like he's in like right. Fargo he's had and Fargo like, and he's had Shameless and Rosario yeah. Dawson has not. I mean, Osaka Osaka Tano is gonna yeah. be her like Fargo or Shameless. Yeah, and so like she just has one of those careers where everyone knows her, everyone likes her, everyone's like, yeah, she's a good actress. But then like, name me one movie. But name where me she's... like the Rosario Dawson project. Yeah, and there isn't one. I mean, she's married to. Um, last I heard, she was married to uh, U.S. Senator Cory Booker. But I'm now currently seeing that they have broken up. Oh, sad. Sad. Uh, okay. But um, yeah. Um, that's that's the Rosario Dawson corner. <laughs> In this movie, you just wanted to uh, like put put that out there. Yeah, in this movie, she's pretty good. Yeah. 
Uh, it's kind of just like she gets the one scene at the midpoint where she gets to kind of like be emotional and explain like which one's that? Is that the? It's when she encounters Apple at the um the shelter or the hospital the hospital uh with the social worker yeah 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 she's really good in that scene i mean but her character is basically like satan in this movie yeah um i think it's no accident that both vanessa hutchins and rosario dawson both played mimi and rent yeah because again i go back to rent this movie really is just kind of like you know high school musical rent (laughs) high school musical rent (laughs) it it kind of is and so um but yeah she plays your i don't want to say like stereotypical druggy abusive mother but if i say that you're all people listening can probably think of a role right away that points to that and like dawson said that she is the product of a teen pregnancy yeah and that's why this role really spoke to her in this movie yeah because she you know she said she was raised um by a good community yeah um but for the most part, like a lot of people who she knew didn't really get that same treatment and kind of had to go through what the characters in this movie go through. Yeah. Which is just what is difficult about this movie yeah, is <laughs> these are all like incredible stories. And you're yeah. like, all these people come in with great intentions and a lot of great ideas. But they couldn't put those intentions the movie, into a better No, script. and the movie doesn't work for any of it. Yeah. It doesn't help anyone out. It's not better. They couldn't put those intentions into a better script. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Because it's, it's just very by the numbers, yeah, and unfortunately. Like, it sucks. When we tell you guys the plot, it's going to seem like like Vanessa Hutchins does this, and then she goes here, yeah, and, her, and then she goes here, and then she goes here, and then she's happy. The, the core problem with this movie is that Apple has no personality. No. She's not a character. <laughs> she's like an avatar for this idea. I have a feeling, I mean, I'm not saying I totally agree with this statement I'm about to say, yeah. but you might agree with it. She's Sadie Sink of the Whale. Okay. Uh, not as bad. Sadie <laughs> Sink and the Whale is like a disastrous performance. Um, who is like portrayed as like a like super villain. <laughs> um, Apple in this is like she's a troubled teen. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. she's a troubled pregnant teen. Yes. But like she doesn't like I don't understand any of her interior life i don't know like what her goals in life are i don't understand anything about her aside from the fact that she's a pregnant teen and she runs away from her mom yeah because we get all these scenes of her like walking around sitting alone and talking and like anytime she talks to someone she's mostly just listening to them speak right and vanessa hudgens is doing like an admirable job in these scenes but there's there's nothing for her to portray yeah what do we learn about her she's sad she's like you're a liar. He touched me. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Give me more. Yeah, that's all Come we get. On. Like, yeah, we don't we don't really get any like I mean, I I want to say agency. Like, obviously she makes a lot of the decisions in this movie, but not really. Yeah. Like it just seems like a lot of these decisions she makes just happens. Mm-hmm. But there's no real build up to why she's making decisions as she is. Yeah. Like case in point when she gets to the shelter it's like pretty much no decision she makes once she gets to the shelter like she's done being an yeah age. her agency is over yes once she once she gets to the shelter and then her like she just kind of stands around while other characters yeah do things at the shelter yeah and then at the end she's like i want to stay at the shelter dad <sighs> yeah i mean I, th- I think we've kind of summarized the- i'm just gonna like kind of go through the plot yeah 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 
so Vanessa Hudgens she she runs away from Rosario runs away from her from her abusive home when she has a letter um from her dad yeah who she's never met but there's it's an the, address on yeah, it. Yeah, it's the only thing she has of him is like a letter that's basically like, um, I'm so sorry you weren't planned. I can't be a part of your life, um, but I wish I could be. Here's a picture of me. Yeah. And and there's a return address on it, so she heads to that return address. Yeah. She gets on a bus and heads there. She gets there. Immediately the cops are called on her. Yes. She gets like arrested. Yeah. Because the well, housekeeper. Uh, something I quickly want to say is this letter is from like 16 years prior. Yeah. And Fraser established in the letter that it's his parents' house. So he just like inherited his parents' house and hasn't moved. Pretty for 16 years. Yeah, for 16 years. Yeah. Which is kind of it's lucky for her. Yeah, it's very lucky. Um, so she gets there, she gets arrested, and then Fraser comes home and sees her, recognizes her. It's like, oh yeah, that's my, that's my uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets her out and then they have like a quick little talk where it's basically like, I just need a place to stay for a few days until I get a job and get on my feet. In, in any scene, do you ever, do we ever see her like looking for a job? No. Yeah. And like, that's not part of the story that they're telling. It's she not, quickly kind of gets like thrown out and then, right. I'm just saying it points to the fact that like, I really am trying, I'm having a hard time finding her agency in this movie. Yeah. Cause she get like she, the the first scene is actually really good that she yeah. makes the decision to like get out of the house and yeah. tries to you know tries to get to the place. But once she gets to Fraser's house, it's like almost no other decision is hers that she's making. Yeah, because other she, people just make decisions for her, right? And in her mind, they're making decisions for her because they're forcing her out. Yeah. So like key thing is like so she's there, um, and then she's staying at the house. She cooks breakfast, but then she runs away. She freaks out because I don't know. It does. It's not gonna work. Yeah, and she and Fraser kind of Fraser kind of convinces her to stay, but then she's throwing up. Yes, and then that's when Fraser's wife uh, asks, "Are you pregnant?" And Fraser's like, "No, she's not pregnant." It's like I'm asking her. She doesn't answer. She's pregnant. Yeah. So she takes a test. It's positive. She goes to the doctor. Gets an ultrasound done. Yeah, there's a little baby in there. There's a little baby. Uh and uh Fraser's like we decided that you can stay. Yeah, we decided. Uh, you just have to we have to like, you know, establish a base of confidence, trust and Yeah, but you're in my house. Yeah. So like you can't talk to me a certain way. Okay, he he kind of does this nice thing where it's like I trust that you're not going to destroy my house and get into a fight with my wife. You have to trust that I have your best intentions at heart. Which leads to the scene where the wife takes her to the clinic. Yes. Um, to get an abortion. And Vanessa Hudgens was not, or Apple was not prepared for this. Yeah, um, she wasn't asked. And runs away. Yeah. And the wife is just like, you can't take care of the baby. Yeah. And we're not going to take care of the baby. Yeah. So and so we, she's homeless running around the streets. It's like they haven't seen the movie Juno. I yeah. don't know if adoption's an option, but. But at any rate, yeah, she runs away because she feels like she's being forced into this decision. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't see the agency here. Yeah. It just seems like it just happens. Yeah. All the, like she run like if this character had any personality, this would be like good sequence of events. Yeah. But we never kind of get like a reason why. Like we never learn what she wants to do with the baby. No, we d- we never do. We never. She, there's never a scene where she says, "I want to keep it and she, raise it." Yeah. She never says, "I want to keep it." I, she never says, "I want to." put up for adoption she never says i want an abortion right she's just kind of like dragged along through all this yeah 
um, by other characters like Stephanie Sozak, who's playing um, Fraser's wife. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I've seen her in is she's the girl catched on fire in Iron Man three. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of that, but um, so she, she runs away and she's homeless for a while. Yeah, for a little bit, like a day. And this was like a scene that I thought was like it's very pursuit of happinessy, mm. where it's them like being homeless. Yeah, and they're just it's like kind of trying to be like guilt porn. Guilt like, porn. Guilt porn. It's the first time I've heard that phrase. What's it's like guilt porn, Jeff? It's like it's like a movie that's just like trying to make you feel guilty and bad, without saying anything else. What's do you have an example? This. I feel like this is a <laughs> well, this is a learning opportunity for the audience. I've never heard of guilt porn. Oh god. Um was Pursuit of Happiness guilt porn? I've never seen Pursuit of Happiness. I couldn't You've say. never seen Pursuit of Happiness. I have not. Brother. Yeah. The only good Jaden <laughs> uh uh Jaden Smith performance. Hey, uh, get out of here with that. Uh Disrespect to Karate Kid. I've never, seen, <laughs> I've never seen Karate Kid. Oh my god! You never seen Karate Kid? Why, no. Why would I have seen that Karate Kid? You've seen the original Karate Kid. I've not seen the. I've never seen oh any Karate Kid. Oh my god, Jeffrey! I haven't seen a this single is, Karate. This kid. is. I don't watch move. I don't watch TV. I only watch TV. Sh- I, I I don't watch TV. I only watch movies. Spoken by the shelf of a hundred yeah. movies behind him. Yeah. You know what? I haven't seen the fucking seven Karate Kid movies. <laughs> well, you I'll to get w- to them one day. You need to watch at least the first three. I'll, I'll get to Karate Kid one day. And then watch Cobra Kai. And watch The Karate Girl. Or watch The Karate Girl too. Yeah. Uh, what's her name's first movie? Uh, oh, Hilary Swank? Yeah, Hilary Swank. So Hilary Swank and Karate Kid and then decades later does Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sad trajectory if you think the two characters are the same person. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> so yeah, Vanessa Hutchinson's guilt porn stage of the movie. Yeah, she's homeless, eating food out of dumpsters. It, she sleeps in cars yeah. that are unlocked. It's just like it's all just trying to make you feel bad. Yeah. Um, rather than like say anything how, how, interesting. How, how does it? I'm. I guess I'm still stuck on that idea. Like, how are we supposed to feel bad? Like it's just like this whole scene is just like framed around like. This poor pregnant girl is like eating trash and like sleeping on the street and having to break into cars to sleep and be warm. Like this is bad, and everyone in the audience should feel guilty for perpetrating a system where this continues. Uh, I don't feel that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, that's that's like what I it, don't get that. But feeling. it doesn't do anything because she it. made the decision to run away from. No, the- it's not even that. It's just like the movie isn't. You know. You can't just show me things to make me feel bad in a, in like a, a narrative movie. Mm-hmm. If you show me a documentary with this, like experiencing homeless people, and yet this people... is just watching like an actor pretend to be homeless. Yeah. You know, right off the fucking screen, there's a whole crafty setup. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the inherent problem I have here. Okay. Interesting. Um, and the movie doesn't, it's not giving any, you know, narrative or thematic heft to any of this to make it worth it. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a suspension of disbelief with every movie. Sure. Um, and you have to earn that suspension of disbelief. And they didn't. They're earn not it. earning the suspension of disbelief. I'm not like, this movie isn't doing enough to justify why I'm caring about an actor pretending to be homeless. What are they missing in this sequence that makes it believable? I couldn't tell you. 
it it's like a nebulous thing where like like does she get assaulted or something? No, or like... it's not even a. It's not even like that's like a cheap ploy. It's not a cheap ploy like that. It's just the overall project has to be more compelling. Mm. I have to care more about this character. I have to care more about this performance. There wasn't enough work done in the front. Yeah, there's end not of enough this work done to make us believe yeah. this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I kind of following you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just it's. Bit, the sequence does end well, I will say. Some random guy like pulls up and tells her to get in his car, and then she ignores him. He gets out of the car, and then she jumps in the car, takes off, and drives away, and then gets into a head-on collision with another vehicle. Yeah, and then she wakes up in the hospital. Yeah. And that's when we are introduced to James Earl Jones. Yes. Who's a pastor. Who comes in. Is your name Apple? No, um... <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, no, he walks in, he's like, are you Apple? She's like, yes. And he's like, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> he's like, get out of my room! Yeah. I, I joke, but that is essentially how the scene but, Yeah, that is kind of essentially how it goes. Um, and then... Have you ever been in a hospital that has a chaplain? No. I have. I've never been in a hospital before. Really? Well, I mean, I've been there for like a brief amount of time and I never check stayed in. I've never or... stayed overnight and had to like check into a hospital. Oh. I have. I know I've you had, have. I've had chaplains come by my room. Hell yeah. It's very funny. They yeah. tell them I'm an atheist. <laughs> and you're like, get out of here. Get out of there. <laughs> I'm like, hey father, why don't we just, I don't know. Let's just cut this off. Let's, the just, let's just, you want to watch some TV? Yeah. <laughs> watch some movies? Make your rounds? Um, but yeah, he's sort of evangelizing Jesus a little yeah. bit. He's trying not to be like heavy handed about it. It's more so in the care for her. Yeah, and he's like he I think he pitches the idea of the of the shelter. The shelter to her. Yeah. And she's kind of ignoring it at first. Uh, but then, she encounters her mom. Yeah, she gets wheeled to like a waiting room where a social worker and her mother are yeah. there waiting. And the social worker's like Listen, Apple, like, y- you know, as far as I can tell, like, your mom still has custody, which, by the way, like, she's 16, so I think she can legally emancipate herself. Yeah, she could get, she could accomplish that if she had a good lawyer, probably. <laughs> do you think Izzy needs a good lawyer? I, th- I thought, I don't know how difficult it is of a process to do that, but. Yeah, If I you're mean, 16, I just feel like. She would have, to, she would have to talk to the social worker, which she doesn't want to do. Right. For reasons. For reasons. Yeah, we never, like, the movie never gives us a reason why Apple distrusts, like, authority and the social workers and whatnot. And, like, you can infer why. Um, perhaps it doesn't need to be said, but for the purpose of a movie, you need to understand why this character distrusts authority and distrusts yeah. the system. There's, like, an earlier scene where she's with Fraser where she tells him, it's like, I will never go back to the system yeah i'm trying to get out of the system because when i was going through foster care i'd be passed around from house to house yeah. to house till one day like you know my foster dad tried to like molest me or whatever yeah. but nobody believed me yeah because i'm a troubled kid yeah so like i guess that sort of that's leads... one of the, that's one of the good scenes in this movie yeah it is and, and it does a lot of work but still you can't just have one good scene <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah yeah um, so yeah, the social worker is like, you got to go back to your mom unless if you tell me that she's abusive to you while she's in the room. Yeah. 
you know, she doesn't say to like Rosario Dawson, like, hey, you need to leave. I need to talk to her privately. Yeah. Which is common practice. But no, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen here. So but and, and Vanessa Hudgens is just like, like Apple. She's just playing this very silent and just brooding. She's not like saying anything to anybody, yeah. which again, like maybe there's a reason, but we don't really know why. Yeah. And so then it go. Then the social worker leaves the two of them alone. And then that's when Rosario Dawson goes on her whole thing about like, listen, like the state already pays money for you to be living with me. When you have this baby, we'll even have, we'll get even more money. Yeah. Which is very like, and I'm going to yes. make a little snow with the Elvis. Yes. Like <laughs> it's very little. Um, Colonel Tom. Parker. <laughs> it's a little bit Colonel Tom Parker esque yeah. with Elvis. Yes, I'm going to pour the poison in Elvis's drink. Yeah. Get this bitch up dragged up. He's pr- white. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched uh, the John Carpenter in 1979 Elvis recently. Oh. Um, and Pat Hingle plays Colonel Tom Parker. He doesn't even do like a Nazi accent in that. Like, it's so he just, does it. He's walks in. He's like, "I'm Colonel Tom Parker." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you even doing here, buddy?" <laughs> Clear. I know the real story. Clearly, Colonel Tom Parker sounded like Goldmember. Right. Yes, Elvis. I can make money off of you. I can make a lot of snow with the Elvis. The snowman. The snowman. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, Mr. Snowman. <laughs> every fucking scene in Elvis is like, is basically Elvis walks in. He's like, oh, I'll tell you, Colonel, Colonel, Mr. Snowman. I really, I really appreciate what you're doing from here in this career. And then, like Colonel Tom Parker is in Jack is injecting raw poison into Elvis's bloodstream <laughs> in the background, and Elvis isn't noticing. And I was like, I really appreciate what you're doing for me. He's like, Yes, I am doing great things for you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what they say about the snowman. Um, that's basically every scene in that movie. What a great fucking movie. Um, I love Elvis unconditionally. Is Austin Butler still doing the Elvis bit? I think he has dropped it by this point. You think so? It would be really funny if we all saw Dune Part 2 and he's still doing the Elvis thing in that movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, Paul Atreides. I'll tell you, Atreides are here on Arrakis. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, hold on there, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot about Elvis two weeks ago. We don't, I don't, don't got to talk about him anymore. <laughs> Um, we talked about it for like five seconds, Jeff. We didn't talk about him a lot. Two weeks ago. <laughs> do you remember that Pawn Shop Chronicles episode? Because I do, and it was a mostly an Elvis episode. Shut up. Um, uh, that's what Rosario Dawson's doing in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> essentially pulling Colonel yeah. Tom Parker. If you have to baby, then the state will give us more welfare yes. money. Hope you have twins. Yeah, but I will get more drugs for myself. But in all seriousness, that is what she's doing. Like yeah. she's just trying to guilt trip like Apple to living with her. Mm-hmm. And Apple's like, no, <laughs> she goes up to James Earl Jones and says, I want to live in the shelter. Yeah, I want to live in the shelter. Yeah. And so she goes to the shelter. Yeah. And then the movie kind of just essentially. I, I seriously don't know where to no, pick the up next from this. 40 minutes are basically just the same scene over and over and over again. It really is. The next 40 minutes are, she gets to the shelter. Um, and they're like, you're going to live with one of the other girls. And she's like, I'm going to hate it here. And then she hates it here. And she gets into a fight with one of the girls. And one of the girls is like, you want to run away with me? She's like, yeah, maybe. And then she decides like, no, everyone here is nice and stays. Yeah. And that's basically just all that happens. That honestly is like the best. Like, I don't know why she stays. It's because they're nice to her. 
she that's has, it. They're nice because they're a family to her, Jeff. Yeah. Which is a great idea. I wish I wish I felt it. Yeah, I wish they. You know, I don't. I don't know a single one of these other girls' names. Uh, Cassandra. Yeah, one of them is named Cassandra. But she's like the trouble girl that wants to run away or something. Yeah, and uh, Ann Dowd plays Kathy, who's like the owner of the shelter, based on a real person. For someone, for people who don't know who Ann Dowd is, I direct you to season one, two, three, and four of uh, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Is she, she in that? She's she she's in the Handmaid's Tale. She does a great performance, but she plays one of like the the handmaidens like managers kind of. Okay. It's a really brutal role. She has to like torture them essentially to comply. It's kind of brutal, but she, she also doesn't... screams at a child in Hereditary. Um, That's right. But no, she's had a long career. She's very successful. She's um, a great actress. Great actress. Uh, and she's fine in this, uh, playing basically nothing. Yeah. She walks in the scene and you're like, I was raised in a shelter like this, and so I wanted to found a shelter like this. Great. Like, all right, cool. Next scene, she comes <laughs> in. She's like, you know, when I founded the shelter, and you're like, all right. She's like, this is my shelter, kids. And I'm like, all right, I get it. She's like, all right, we're all going to church. And they go to church. She's like, my shelter. These are the girls. Give them some money. Because they have to go to like churches for fundraising things. Yeah. Uh, this is the last scene where we see Rosario because she shows up and tries to slit. Um, well, do we miss the throat? scene where um, uh, Apple talks with uh, Ann Dowd? Uh, I don't even know her name in this movie. She says she doesn't want to go home, and Ann Dowd's like, unless you tell yeah. me that your mom was abusive, you have to go home. Yeah, she says like, you know, exactly. Like you, you, you can't, you can't stay here. Your mom's gonna press yeah. like kidnapping charges or something yeah. like that. So then there's a scene later where Rosario Dawson comes to the shelter to pick her up. Yeah. And immediately starts like beating Apple. Yeah. Like she starts smacking her around. Yeah. And, and Ann Dowd, of course, throws her out. Makes her walk without crutches. And that's when Ann Dowd comes in and she's like, no, 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 no. I will report this to the police. You have to leave. Mm. You have to leave. And it's trying to like play off as like Ann Dowd is like seeing the abuse and has to like report it and coming in as the hero, but doesn't quite earn that moment because I don't ever feel like Ann Dowd is going to do that for any of these girls. Yeah. yeah. But it just happens. So then Rosario Dawson, she's like pushing Rosario Dawson to leave. And then right as she leaves, Brendan Fraser shows up. Mm. And Fraser wants to try to say hi to Apple, but then Ann Dowd's like, no, this is not a good time. Not a good time. You should yeah. leave. I thought that was a good bit. Yeah. I thought that was a good performance bit on Fraser's part. Yeah, it's good on Fraser. It's good on Ann Dowd. It's they're all two- held on one, like, yeah. over-the-shoulder shot. But they're two pros doing their thing. Yeah. Um, It's a fine scene. Um, last time we see Rosario, she comes to the church and tries to slit the apple's throat. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's crazy. This is like you know, if I can't yeah. have Elvish, no one can have yeah, Elvish. It's like, like what the fuck? Yeah, like I, uh, I just feel- if that happened, yeah, then tell me that happened. Yeah. like I just don't buy that. Yeah. But if there, this was a documentary and someone's, and then my biological mom, when she found out that I wasn't gonna live yeah. with her, she haunted me down yeah. and tried to kill me like then i'd be like yeah. fuck that sucks but just putting it in a movie just doesn't yeah, do anything is, this is me. just the wrong kind of story to be told in this way because that should have been the last scene we saw yeah. rosario dawson of her leaving the, the shelter yeah. no How, like and her her coming to the church and trying to kill her like it just it just feels very over the top yeah yeah it was more impactful if her last scene of the shelter is her last scene yeah and we never see her again. Yeah. It maybe if they have like letters that. Yeah. 
Dawson writes to Apple or something like that, then that might be a little bit impactful or yeah. whatever. But the whole like tries to kill her at a yeah. church fundraiser. And of course, she gets taken out, and we never see her again. Yeah. Um. Over time, Apple does come to like living at the shelter, and we know this because she takes out her earrings and nose ring and washes the makeup off her face, which she apparently had never done before. Grows her hair out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, grows her hair out. I forgot um, to say, the movie starts with her cutting her hair. Yes. To look like a boy. Yeah. I guess. Um, But we know that she likes it because she starts, you know, getting Making, showers. Yeah, cleaning herself and yeah. looking pretty again. Yeah. I guess. I don't it's, know. it's weird. Putting on, uh, wearing their clothes. Like she yeah. starts wearing cardigans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know they're taking That's a Fred Rogers know. turn when they start yeah. wearing the cardigans. Yeah. It's like, uh, how do we tell that this person who was once like a drug addict, like homeless pregnant teen is now like a Christian believing cleaned up person? Cardigans. Cardigans. <laughs> cardigans. Uh, eventually she has her baby. Yes. Um, she has the baby. Brazier shows up. Yeah, she's she's told your dad's out in the waiting room. He'd like to come in. Uh, she's like, he can come in and see the baby, but I don't want to talk to him. They're like, that's fine. Yeah. So Fraser comes in. We kind of get this out of focus shot, like intentionally. Yeah. The focus is on her looking away, but we kind of see him in the background start playing with the baby, and it's clear he yeah. loves this child. It's a decent scene. It's a, yeah. de- it's a, de- it's a decent All the scene. Fraser stuff is good in this movie. Yeah. He's the, he's the best part of it. Yeah. Um, I just think maybe the guy who made Alien Hunter wasn't the best uh, <laughs> choice for this material. Yeah, probably not. Um, you know, next scene is basically Fraser being coming to her and being like, "Hey, so come live we us. want you to come live with us." Yeah, and she's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yes." Uh, no, he. What he says is, "We're having a party for my birthday because I have a birthday one day off from your son. We'd love for the two of you to come by." And she's like, okay. So they come to his birthday party. It turns out it's not a birthday party. It's a congratulations on the baby party um, where they're going to invite her to live there. Did I miss this scene? I don't know why I just don't remember yeah. it at all. And so she, Fraser drives her there and she realizes it's not a birthday party for him. It's a party like, you know, congratulations on the baby party. Yeah. Um, and uh, she sees like this beautiful room they've set up for the baby um, full of giraffes and shit um it's like a big plus giraffe uh and they're like well what do you say and she says yes that she'll come live with them she goes back to the shelter and all the other girls are really upset that she's leaving she cries and like oh, gives them all hugs. so sad that yeah. you're all doing these characters with your life <laughs> all these characters whom we uh we definitely know their names and their stories um like, if this was a documentary focused on the shelter and we learned all these people's stories, or hell, if this was a narrative movie, we pick up with her entering the shelter at the start yeah. and spend more time with all these characters, that's a movie. Do you have, Did you ever watch the movie Waco? No. Because there's been a ton of documentaries on Waco. Yes. The Waco, Texas Siege, right? Yes. They there's a Netflix movie about it, and I'm not gonna say it's like the greatest movie ever made. It's not, but it does something interesting where it doesn't like this movie. It's just telling a story about a thing. It's not really telling a story about a person. Yeah, Waco could easily have been that movie where it just tells a story about the siege with paper thin characters. David Koresh is just a maniacal maniac, cultist guy, and all of his followers are no name, paper thin characters who we never get to know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It actually like builds into every single like character that you're gonna f- 
you know, stick with for the next hour. You should watch it. I think he, yeah. it's a great comparison of like yeah. this type of movie that's like based on a real life thing, but it's spun into a narrative feature mm. that gives you enough like context into it that it yeah. makes a lot of sense. But for this movie, it's like, yeah, if it was going to be a narrative movie about like the shelter and all yeah. that stuff, like, right, you would expect for us to learn more about the people, the people living there. in the shelter. Yeah. There's one scene where like they're reading their yeah, they, files. They break in and they read all their files. Um, and like, if you just tweets a couple things, I can see that scene being very impactful. And like the the juice of that scene should be they're seeing what their labels are, yeah, and then explaining how they aren't their labels or yes. like whatnot. But instead, they just walk in. They're like, it's like a way for us to learn them all by their labels. One's like troubled, mentally disabled. Wow. Next. Yeah, that's the scene. That is a scene. Um, could have been a really good scene. But they're all upset that Apple's leaving. Um. Yeah. And Apple's like. You know, I'm going to love you all. I'm going to miss you all. Next day, Fraser comes and takes her away. Halfway down the road, she's like, stop the car, stop the car. And this is a nice scene. Fraser plays this really well, where she explains, like, I, she says, I can be your daughter one day. I can learn to be your daughter, but I need time. Can you give me that? These girls have become my family. Yeah. Um, I'm not ready to abandon them for another family yet. Yeah. Um, And Fraser's like, I can give you time. That's an, I understand. Yeah. Um, but then weirdly he like makes her walk back. <laughs> did you notice this? No, I guess I kind of didn't um, notice this. He like stops the car like down the road and like you'd expect he would turn it around and drop her off, but instead it just has her get out of the car and walk like with the baby like three hundred feet back to the place. Well, because Jeff, you have to have a homeward bound like a part of the movie where you yeah, just like, see like Vanessa Hudgens and her baby coming around the hill and see like, yeah, like Oh my god. I know it's for the drama, but it's a little weird. He's just like kind of dumps her. Yeah. Um, but then she comes back and they all are excited. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and during the credits, there's like this little comparison about like the actor and the real person. Yeah. But there is no like, there's no like biopic like text. Yeah. Right. I don't, there, there is no like biopic text. Mm-hmm. It just shows like the comparisons of the real people. Yeah. Which like, not that it would have made the movie any better. But it's like you see in like all the other biopic yeah. movies where like they have text at the very end yeah. of like, and then Apple went on to live an amazing life, blah, 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 blah. She's currently living yeah. in New Jersey with her daughter, blah, 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 to this day. Yeah. And it's like, okay. No, they, they don't do that, which is good because I usually dislike that. It's like there, there's reasons. There's I'm, in, I'm indifferent. I'm yeah. indifferent to those things. I just like it when you're doing like a fake movie. <laughs> <laughs> like when right. it's like, you know. The Vice was a pretty good use of this. Yeah, no, like, I like that, and I like it when, you know, it's a movie about a specific, you know, a real important event. Yeah. yeah whatever. I'm not going to go into it. Um, But, um, yeah, she get, like, the photo comparison of, like, the real Apple versus Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. And all that. The real, like, who Ann Dowd plays yeah. versus her role, James Earl Jones, and the role. Yeah. Brendan Fraser even gets, like... Yeah. Like a real life photo. Rosario does not. Rosario Dawson Probably does Probably because not. it's very hard to track this woman down. And um, if you ask for her consent to get a photo of her, she's going to say no. Yeah, for the movie, we're going to have to look for this person's abusive mother, find her, contact her, get approval. To use, but no, they're not going to get that. No. Um, but, it, and it's just like, wow, I would have liked to have seen a movie about these people and the impact that they had and the story that they really experienced. And so this kind of like watered down Hollywood version. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, where they, the sole objective of this movie seems to be like making you feel bad. Yeah. Um, I will say it's 2013. Yeah. It's not the worst movie. Yeah. He's no, doing it's not the this worst year. This, this he's is doing like, five movies this year. This is not his worst. This is like a four or a five out of 10. I would say four. It's a four out of 10. It's not yeah, terrible. I'd say four. Yeah, it's like two out of five stars. Yeah. Well, and when, because, I mean, Fraser's doing, again, as we said, like five movies in 2013. Yeah. This this is one of the five. And of the other five, as we've been talking about recently, like Case of You, Hairbrain, Pawn Shop, Breakout, Gimme Shelter. Yeah, this is a brutal year. It's a brutal year. This is his best movie this year. I would say it is his best movie of the five he does in 2013. And I think it's telling that this is kind of the career path he does pursue more. Yeah. As he does start playing um, kind of like these soulful guys a little more. Kind of becomes his thing. God, it's crazy to think that next week we're going to talk about the nut job. Yeah. And then we have a five-year gap. Yeah, that's right, next... folks. No episodes for five. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, but then we do the Poison Rose part two. Yeah. The Poison Rose um Two electric boogaloo. <laughs> what are we gonna call it? Poison Rose Two Hypercube? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we get to cover the Poison Rose again very soon. And then um, then it's you know a few more flops, and then we're back to the banger zone. Yeah. Oh, sense kinda. So we're we're we we're crunching through them. Yeah. We're crunching through them, folks. You've been with us through the doldrums for a while, and we promise. Yeah, I, I, this was a much shorter doldrums than Travolta. So this was a much shorter doldrums. Yeah. And we're still in it, but we're almost out. So we hope you folks have been enjoying. Yeah. Um, in regards to this movie, I do want to quickly point out. Um, this movie comes out um in 2013 at in a film festival run. Uh, it comes out you know theatrically end of January of 2014. Which is kind of like the dumping ground for the movies that like you thought were going to be Oscar contenders but weren't. Yeah. Um, it does get screened at the United Nations. Huh. <laughs> That's um, interesting. Yeah the um the Rolling Stone review for this I think kind of summarizes a lot of my views on it. Uh, where Peter Travers, you know, he commends uh, Vanessa Hudgens' performance but criticizes the film or crafting the film around her by using cornball cliches with a broad Hollywood brush, concluding that Gimme Shelter appears hijacked by the Christian right, propaganda is a bitch to act, and this misguided movie leaves Hudgens buried in it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I... Well, I don't think it's listen, that far, like, Christian. I was going to say, like, I had... Before we even recorded this podcast, Jeff, I said I wasn't going to say it on the podcast, but I guess I'll say it now, like... There is some truth to be said about like your Christian like charity organizations that while on the surface level, yes, it seems like they're doing only good things by providing food, by providing shelter, by providing care. But on the back end of that, they're all they're all um, postulizing or evangelizing about their faith to these people, kind of like inadvertently sort of pushing their faith onto Mm -hmm. these people. Not totally ethical or moral, in my opinion, but. I'm not to say it's evil. I don't, I don't. The solution is then to to just ban these things. Yeah. Like we don't want to get rid of these yeah. solutions. But but I, I yeah, don't. That's a conversation I, to be had. Yes. Um. I don't it, think it's quite. I wouldn't go quite as far as Peter Travers saying hijacked by the Christian right. It's yeah. Not that. No. I don't think it's hijacked by the Christian yeah. right. 
there because I've heard I read a review that's like this anti-abortion movie. It's like is I don't it think the anti-abortion. Movie, this girl doesn't want an abortion, and I don't think the movie is like over, as a whole anti-abortion. Right. It's not saying there is no there is no scene in this movie where it's like why get an abortion when there's all these programs for women who are pregnant. Like no, there is no scene like that in this movie. Yeah. Um, some more highlights from reviews. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Um, the scripting attempts at ringing drama out of real life are more strenuous than they are strictly necessary. Um, for multiple times, Gimme Shelter doesn't trust the power of its own story and the truth of its acting to deliver the point. And that it just sticks with very cliched, hackneyed ideas to like tell the story mm. rather than just being a story. And I would agree with that. Yeah. Um the movie does basically make no money. It makes one point three million dollars. Might be around its budget level. It probably wasn't that expensive of a movie. Yeah. Um probably got a lot of things for free. Yeah, probably got a decent amount for free. Fraser and uh James Earl Jones donate their salaries to uh organizations. That, that means like that they were paid though, right? Yeah, they were paid. Yeah. Uh so the movie actually probably cost a little more than that. Yeah. But overall it's like it's it comes out, makes no impact. Yeah. It's just kind of a, a thud. Which is sad, because again, like, there is a movie to be said. There's yeah. a story to be told here, but... This is not it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the, I would, honestly, I would say the biggest impact of this movie is, is the first, like, soulful Brendan. That's the biggest impact, yeah. is, the, is the Brendan stuff. Yeah. That this kind of provides him a playbook that he'll follow 10 years suit. Yeah. And if uh, anything, you know, folks listening to this episode, again, name me one Rosario Dawson movie that she's the star of. Yeah. Challenge you on that one. Well, she she is in a few. Um, As but, a star? Yeah, she has some leading, starring vehicles, leading. but they aren't, like, successes. Yeah. Um, And so I'm hoping that Rosario kind of, like, I don't want Ahsoka to be, like, the only thing that she does, but. I'm hoping that it kind of leads to her getting some more stuff, more exciting material. Yeah. Remind me that there's a topic I want to talk to you about something off air. Yeah. But that's something off air. Uh, All right. That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. You got anything else to say? Because I don't. No. All right. Well, on that topic, um, thank you folks so much for listening to this episode on Gimme Shelter. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to tune next week for our episode, as promised, on The Nut Job. That's what I'm going to be during that episode. That episode's um, going to be a nut yeah. job. As always, special thanks. Oh, fuck, what am I doing? Uh, as always, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, at Amazon Music, plenty of things. Um, pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Um, find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Anything you want to plug, Stuart? No. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Michael Van Bodem Smith for our theme music. Have a great week, folks, and uh, ready to get nutty.